Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, and get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. It's a mega Monday. My name's Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live, texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all of the places. Or listen to us in the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of thy choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I'm sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She's the Duchess of the Dorks. She's the executive producer of Dave Campbell's Texas Football She's talent on Valley Sports Southwest. Now it's official. You've done it. She's the Dutch to the door. She's Ashley Pickle. I was on camera for Valley for three years. Now I'm just in a box. Yeah, I know. But like Ish <laughs> likes to give you trouble for being talent. I hate that word. I know. It's so like much. I complained to our producer, Brian Smith, about like, it that night. I was like, don't... I. I don't want to be called that. Well, like, I know that's what thing, I am. The other thing is that like... That's the industry standard of what you say. But... Ugh. I know. Well, it's like, I don't know. Like, all our reporters are talent, too. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's like, you were talent. Yeah. And, like, you're still talent. talent. <laughs> but now it's easy to make fun of you. <laughs> Today is Monday, August 29th, 2022. It is 87 days until Thanksgiving. Let's go. I think. 87 days until Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to Moochie. Moochie is a 23-year-old YouTube star, according to the website I'm looking at. I'm just going to start shouting out the birthdays of people I've never heard of. <laughs> I'm sure he's got like 17 million, million yeah. like, subscribers or whatever, and he makes like three and a half million, million dollars, dollars a week. Year. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm here just making fun of him on the internet. <laughs> Happy birthday, Moochie. I hope he finds this in clips in, like this scrub. Episode 1,400. Who's this old? Here's this boomer making fun yeah, of me. Yeah, he's <laughs> getting all boomer over me. Episode 1,445. On today's show, folks, it's Mega Monday. Yeah. Mega Monday. We got a lot to get to, including Monday morning fallout. We got that. We're going to overreact to the football weekend. Then we're going to announce the what order to go in. That's right. We got the, uh, teams the, of the week. Team Ozarka of the week. team of the, the week. The Ozarka uh, team of the week. Then... Uh, we're going to be joined by the head coach of the 1-0 Quero Gobblers, Coach Jared Fikach, who told me when I was booking him yesterday, he told me that I had some people riled up in DeWitt County for picking against him last week. Well, that shows what I know. <laughs> so we got him on the show. Jared Fikach is going to join us here at about 1230. Then back half of the show, we're going to unveil the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week nominees. And then we're going to unveil the 
Week two, Dave Campbell's Tech Football Associated Press state rankings in each classification. So it's a big mega Monday here on Texas Football Today. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Miss Terry Adams, Nick Morton, Tony Blaylock, and just Chad. Welcome in, fellas and lady fellas. Miss Terry's on a heater. Yeah, she is. It's like she's four back. Four in the last five. It's like four <laughs> You'll in love the last to five. She's checked in. She's, she's ready. Checked in. Uh, thanks for watching, folks. <clears throat> I'm, I'm like I'm out of practice, mm-hmm. so like rev it up. How to see, if I know how, see if I remember how to do this. Got to get the dust off. <clears throat> Pickle, hit the air raid right sign. Sign for Monday morning fallout. Monday morning fallout. Of course, when we overreact to the football weekend, and boy howdy, what a weekend <laughs> to overreact to. Holy week one. It's it's great because like we finally have some data to actually dig through, mm-hmm. and now we just like get to like sift through the wreckage right so and there was a lot of wreckage yes it is so we're very excited about that let's start with my three big thoughts thought number one is one week enough week one is always such a strange thing for us and Mm -hmm. i think for anyone who pays a lot of attention to texas high school football it's always strange because we spend basically like we start kind of finalizing our picks for the magazine. I'll just speak from our perspective. Mm-hmm. We start finalizing our picks for the magazine in about May, right? So like in May, we're like, all right, since May, we've kind of had these teams in our head of what we think they are. Mm-hmm. And the longer you think about it without anything changing, because there's no games being played, right? Unless there's an injury here or there that might change your perspective. Right. But, but there's, no, there's no data to back that to change your mind they kind of get crystallized in your brain. Mm-hmm. And so then when something does happen that would perhaps change your mind, mm-hmm. your brain is left in a puddle mm-hmm. and you're wondering, it's like, no, this huh, is not how it's supposed to be. <laughs> who Alex Mack's my brain? Cause there's, there's so much to digest from this weekend because there was, there was a lot of chaos. Mm-hmm. So, now, part of it is is things that you can understand. So, for example, let me start at the smallest classification with six-man football. Okay. Six-man football, as you know, they, because the contenders, like, they, six-man football coaches are really good at self-sorting themselves. Yes. And saying the good teams are going to play the good teams in non-district and, mm-hmm. the, and the, the struggling teams are going to play the struggling teams in non-district, yep. right? They're good at self-sorting. As a result, you get all these bangers in non-district, okay? And so, for example... Rankin beat Balmeray last week. Yep. Rankin beat Balmeray. Rankin's the number six team in 1A Division One. Mm-hmm. Balmeray's the number two team in 1A Division Two. And so then I am left with looking at that and going, isn't that about right? Yep. Isn't that how that, that should be? That team's bigger. So you have to take that into account. That team's a state-ranked team. It's obviously pretty good. But that is the number two team in 1A Division. So like, mm-hmm. you're, you're left with these things. There are other things, like another one that I was watching was Duncanville and South Oak Cliff. Yep. Duncanville and South Oak Cliff. Duncanville wins 24 to 10 or 23 to 10, I think was the final. Mm-hmm. They scored a late touchdown. It was it was a one-score game for 95% of that game. Yep. And they scored a late touchdown to pull away. That's the number four team in 6A and the number one team in 5A Division II. Isn't that exactly how it's supposed to go? Right. I think another example of that would be Hallettsville and Shiner. So that's an interesting one. Shiner is number one in 2A Division mm-hmm. One, but they're playing, what, Hallettsville's three Division One. That's yes, two whole a classifications. Full, yeah. two, a full classification, yeah. two whole divisions up. They're playing there, and they lose, right? 
So what I'm left to do and what I, the way that I approach the week one things, and your mileage may vary, certainly overreact if you want. This is a safe space to overreact. <laughs> you see the, 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 the nuclear you know, symbol down here. <laughs> this is a place to overreact. But what I end up doing is I start looking for what the game looked like, how it entailed, and, and, and what particular units looked like. For example, let's talk about Gilmer. Mm-hmm. A big question coming into this game was, what does Gilmer's offense look like without Brandon Tennyson? And then there was a we little We have Tennyson. a response. The answer is it's still pretty stinking good <laughs> as they beat Chapel Hill and they hang a 50-burger on him yeah. with Caden Tennyson, his brother, at, at quarterback. So, Who is just a freshman or so, a sophomore? I think a sophomore. So for me, what I do is that for now, for now, and week one, it's week one, it's only one piece of data, but... That answers that question for me. Let's take another one. And that I think this is more tougher to uh, to parse. But let's take what happened to Allen. Mm-hmm. Allen welcomes in the number one team in the country, St. John Bosco out of California. And St. John Bosco launches them into the sun. Right. Uh, the final score, I didn't even see the final score. I did not either. Um, it started turning into murderer's row. final was 52 to 14, and it was not that close. No. 52 to 14. Bosco could have hung 100 if they wanted to. I don't necessarily fault Allen for losing to that team. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's necessarily an issue. But my prior coming into this game was I have concerns about the Allen defense. Mm-hmm. And giving up 52, and especially I think there was like 35 or 38 in the first half. Right. Kind of, kind of gives me some concern, right? And then there's another one that kind of comes out of left field, and that's New Braunfels beating Denton Ryan. Mm-hmm. Denton Ryan was a number five team or number two team in five A Division one. And five A Division one was chaos. Alito yes. got beat by Parish Episcopal. College Station got beat. I mean, it's chaos. Just wait till the rankings come out. But with Denton Ryan, they're playing a New Braunfels team that is. A third, we got them projected third in their district. Mm-hmm. We think they're a decent team, and it's a 6A team. Mm-hmm. We think they're a decent team, but they are not a state-ranked 6A team. No. Now, maybe they'll get there, and maybe that, maybe that loss is going to age a lot better. Mm-hmm. But for me, one of the issues that I – like, this is, this is a red flag th- game for Ryan for me. This is a red flag because there were – Issues with the offense. Mm-hmm. They scored on special teams. They scored, got to third. I think they law 34-33 was the final. Mm-hmm. But they but uh, uh, Ryan scored on defense and on special teams. So they needed that to get. So the there's concerns on offense. There's concerns on defense. Giving up right. 34 points well, to New Braunfels and, I think and giving up 500 yards of total offense. That pushed the agenda on the questions arising because I feel like there have always been questions about that offense since Seth Hennigan has left, but the defense was able to hold steady, and mm-hmm. so it's one of those things, if this proves to be true and the defense is down, that's where the actual issues come, because they can stick in it with defense, but if not, then I don't know what you're supposed to do. I'm not here to tell you that if you lost in week one, you should get out of shovel. Right. And I'm not here to tell you that if you won in week one, you should start playing the parade. What I am here to tell you is that if you dig into the data a little bit more, there are things to be gleaned from week one that we'll see in week two and the next couple of weeks whether or not those hold up. Mm -hmm. So there's thought number one. Thought number two, week zero reality check. So 
The FBS game in the college football ranks in Texas in Week Zero was North Texas going out to UTEP in a week in in to in a conference game in Week mm-hmm. One, Week Zero, rather. And North Texas comes away with when they pull away in the third quarter and never really look back. Um, I thought for the first half both teams looked pretty sloppy. Mm-hmm. I thought it wasn't particularly crisp, but one team settled in and it was North Texas. Here's for me. Here are the things that I'm encouraged by. For North Texas, like we went into this year wondering, could this defense take a step? Take a step? Yes. Could they take a step? We've been wondering that for years now. The early returns, it's one game. Mm-hmm. The early returns are positive. On the, that. that defensive line was very impressive mm-hmm. in the second half. They they got after it. I, and I don't know if that says more about UTEP's offensive line not being up to par, but they were giving Gavin Hardison a terror in the backfield. Yes. He was having a tough time. For UTEP, this is a team we had really high expectations for. Mm-hmm. And to start the year 0-1 really feels like a lot of the air is getting let out of the balloon. Mm-hmm. Now, th- I'm not here to bury them. And maybe North Texas is a lot better than we thought they would. They'd be, but for me, that that serves a reality check. Especially at a home game, when you have a uh-huh. home game a with sold a out. sold out crowd, mm-hmm. like you've got to, you have to capitalize. I on think that. so because they're not going to get teams like UTSA. Like no. I think that's pretty well known. Yeah. But North Texas is one that you could. That's one of those in the, in their in their range that they should win. Another one, and maybe this flew under your radar, but Stephen F. Austin kind of got the boots taken to him by Jacksonville State. Yep. Stephen F. Austin's a team that we think has an outside shot of being a contender in the FCS ranks in the national scope. Did not look good in in week one. The offense really scuffled, and and the defense had trouble containing that that uh, that offense, which is coached by Rich Rodriguez. Remember him? Um, so there was a little bit of a reality check there as well. So um, a little disappointing, I would say, for uh, for for what we saw from the college football ranks in Texas, with the exception of North Texas, who's oh. got to be feeling pretty darn good. Thought number two. Thought number three, iron sharpens iron. I want to see if I can pull up this tweet that I found from um, from uh, Josh Gibson, okay. uh, the head coach of the um, Pleasant, Pleasant Grove Hawks. Pleasant Grove Hawks took on Brock on Friday night, mm-hmm. and they won. Great win. Really, really impressive win. They tweeted out something, and, and so he tweeted out, this is at 11.09, so obviously the game's over. He said it was 28-7, Pleasant Grove beat Brock. Quote, super classy program in Brock football. You won't have bigger fans than Pleasant Grove. You sharpened us, we sharpened you, and we both ain't scared to play big games. Good luck next week. That is, to me, a good distillation of what we can take from week one. Because there's a lot of contenders that punched up that lost, that Mm -hmm. took it on their chin. Lorena. Mm-hmm. Lorena goes to China Spring and they lose. Now China Spring looked good. Yep. Cash McCollum looked like the real deal mm-hmm. there in that that kind of new look China Spring offense. But they were, uh, you know, they, they they took it on the chin. They punched up and they got punched. South Oak Cliff punched up against Duncanville and mm-hmm. got punched. Right. Shiner. Refurio. Shiner punched up. Uh, uh, Refurio punched up these programs. But go look at what happened to Lorena last year. Lorena loses their first two games to mm-hmm. both two eventual state champions in Franklin and, and China Spring. They go on a run. That is, to me, a distillation of what these teams can gain by doing that. They can go out there and they can f- they can go up against teams that are going to that 
that are the types of teams that they're going to have to beat, the quality of teams they're going to have to beat to make a run to a state championship. That is it. So, yeah, Brock lost. They played a state-ranked 4A team, and they lost. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think that that reflects poorly on Brock. No. Do you know what I mean? Well, and now, they're, they're doing it again. They're going to play Hershey but this it's, week. But it's <laughs> different. So here's the thing. And and perhaps you're thinking, but Tepper, aren't you speaking out of both sides of your mouth? Because what were you saying about Denton Ryan? Mm-hmm. I think the team that you're punching up against matters. Mm-hmm. I also think that the team that, like, the way that the game went matters. Do you know what I mean? For Brock, obviously, they got to figure out the offense, right? Mm-hmm. Give up seven points. Or they, they only scored seven points. But they were playing a top five team in a class in a classification above them. whose defense is historically pretty darn Correct. good. So, for me, there's a lot to digest and it's a lot to sift through. You don't want to make broad declarations, but there is something positive to be taken from punching up. Well, even like, well, I guess this isn't necessarily punching up. It is in the same classification. But when Fort Bend Ridgepoint signed up to play yeah. Austin Westlake, and honestly, they were they were tied fourteen fourteen before the Westlake machine got on. But that's huge. Yes, I agree. That's a good example. It's an excellent example. El Paso Eastwood playing South Lake Carroll mm-hmm. got their teeth kicked in, but. They accomplished, they obviously want to win. I'm not here to say Julio Lopez didn't want to win that game. What I'm saying is they got what they wanted. Right. They wanted to get challenged by a by an elite team. And, and they got make the travel. Like, right. that's another thing. It doesn't right. have to be necessarily on the field, mm-hmm. per se. Agreed. So there's three big thoughts. Three helmet stickers. A helmet sticker to the aforementioned New Braunfels Unicorns and their running back, Tyree Johnson. Ran 25 times for 101 yards and a touchdown rushing. Had two catches for 83 yards and a touchdown receiving. in the Unicorns, big win over 10 Ryan. A helmet sticker to UTEP wide receiver Tyron Smith. I thought he was the real star of the UTEP offense mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday night. Seven catches, 127 yards, and a touchdown through the air receiving. Uh, I was impressed by him. If he's going to step up, then I think they've got an opportunity to make some noise. If they can settle in, to especially uh, get the rest of that offense going. And finally, a helmet sticker to Spring Westfield quarterback P.J. Hatter. I think that's an outstanding quarterback name. <laughs> Did you see... Did you see what Spring Westfield did? I did. Spring Westfield uh, put a hurtin' on uh, on their their week one opponent. They beat Cy Park sixty three to three. Yeah, that. <laughs> Remember, Cy we... Park was a team. Now they've lost a lot. Yes, but. It's a, it's a side park team that may be reloading, mm-hmm. but they put a you don't beat anybody by sixty. No, when we saw week one, when we saw the brewings of that them getting up into the fifties, I think mm-hmm. someone it might have been Steps sent a tweet in the Slack, and we were like, "Holy cow!" <laughs> PJ Hatter goes eighteen of twenty one for 360, 360 yards and six touchdowns passing at twelve touch r- yards on the ground too. PJ Hatter, a name to know there at Spring Westfield. Three teams to watch. Let's stay in the Houston area. Let's talk about CE King. Yeah. Okay. Now, C.E. King's a 6A, and they were playing a 5A, okay? Mm-hmm. So let's not go crazy. But they took it to Crosby. They dropped Crosby, a who was a state semifinalist last year. Crosby, who was in a title game the year before. And they beat him 63-7. to 63-7. Yeah. Now, do you know who they play this week? Mm-hmm. The Allen Eagles. And the segment's called Ooh. Teams to Watch. Keep an eye on that because you want to talk about two programs that right now the trajectory seems mm-hmm. opposite directions. And you want to talk about like using data points to really figure something out in week two? That's this game. 
very interested in that. A lot of questions George get answered Young for and both. The Panthers looked really good. Keep an eye on them. Another team to watch, Hitchcock. I've beaten this drum since State 7-on-7. Seven seven. I know. So Hitchcock goes and they beat Refuria. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, again, that's a 3A over a 2A. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to go super crazy. Right. But, first of all, they beat them 49-12. Beat them 49-12. Right. This is a team that... Did they win the state seven on seven tournament? No, they played in the finals. Played in the final. They, yes. were, they were they were in the in in getting close to the, to the end. Yeah, we watched about three of their state seven on seven games. They have a twenty twenty five quarterback that is outstanding, and they have just about a core of three different receivers mm-hmm. that could just go. And we wondered when they put the pads on, like, was this going to be an actual thing? At the moment I realized it was Hitchcock, I was like, they're actually good. This team looked the part. The offense looked fantastic. Refurio, I think, has got they're they're changing around their offense right now. They're they're monkeying with their offense, so we don't know exactly what that offense is going to look like. But keep an eye on Hitchcock. I don't think that's a fluke. I think I think Hitchcock is for real. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on a big game this week against East Bernard. And finally, keep an eye on Bay City. Now you're probably thinking, Tepper, what? Why would why would I keep an eye on Bay City? I'll tell you why you should keep an eye on Bay City. They beat Sweeney. Uh, 68 to nothing. Yeah. They were 16-point underdogs, according to the computer, in that game, and they beat them 68 to nothing. Now, maybe there's something wrong with Sweeney. Mm-hmm. We'll find out a lot more this week against Edna. Okay, They get Edna, who's a certified contender in the 3A ranks. Yes. If they go out there and do something like that to Edna, it's time to start paying attention to Robert Jones' Yeah, because are they, are they in Region 3 or 4? They are Region 3. 3, okay. Four division. I thought I was going to say, Edna's usually the favorite in Region 4. Yeah. Three to see. Let's look forward to week week two. I guess I could have put a college football game on here, but I didn't. There's two. We have the high school juices juice up on flowing. Den Geyer and Alito. Yep. So Den Geyer looked fabulous in their uh, week one win. Jackson uh, Arnold. Jackson has Arnold looked wheels. the truth. He looked great. Now they go to Alito, an zero and one Alito team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alito, who has now lost back to back games for the first time since like what did I say, like two thousand eight. Yep. Um. Big test for Alito. Owen to Alito is not outside the realm of possibility here. Mm-mm. But and again, this Geyer is will be punching tested. up. But punching up. But but Geyer will be tested for sure. Thursday night, Little Cypress, Mauriceville, and West Orange Stark in Bridge City. Uh, this is a fantastic coaching matchup. Too. Great coaching matchup here uh, with Hiawatha Hickman uh, mm-hmm. there now one and zero as the head coach at West Orange Stark, taking on Eric Peavy there at, at Little Cypress, Mauriceville. Both of them were winners in Week One. Really interesting Southeast Texas matchup there at Bridge City. I, uh, I believe Steph's going to be there. And I think we should have this on Texan Live. I will verify. Ooh, I might have to tune into that. And finally, Cisco and Wall. These two teams uh, these two teams always get together, mm-hmm. uh, and I like it. I, I'm glad they do. Uh, this is a really intriguing matchup. Cisco was a winner over Clyde 41-13, to um, and, and, and that was, again, a 2A over 3A, and they beat them beat pretty handily. Wall uh, took down Eastland 49-20. to so These are two teams that are feeling good about themselves right now that are going to collide out there in Wall, Texas, and that will be a fun matchup. So that's three to see, and that is Monday morning fallout. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Pickle, let me tell you about our friends at Ozarka and the Ozarka. Uh, the uh, Ozarka. Oh, team of the Week. Right. Yeah, the Ozarka Team of the Week. I got to tell you. 
It's a fuel by nature team of the week. I got yes. that right. Week one for everybody. Dave Campbell's Texas football is proud to honor one team in each classification with the Ozarka Fueled by Nature Team of the Week Award. The team selected throughout the course of this program have exemplified the best of Texas high school football. Your week one Ozarka Teams of the Week in 6A. Cy Lakes, Darnell Green, and Javion Wolf combined for 249 yards on the ground as the Spartans surged past Cy Ridge, 32-16, snapping their 20-game losing skid. Congratulations to the Spartans. In 5A, Lake Belton. In their first UIL contest, the Broncos looked more than ready for the challenge, cruising past state-ranked Leander Rouse, 47-21. That is an eye-opener. Mm-hmm. And uh, shout-out to Step. He he sniffed this one out He's early. He's been banging the Lake Belton drum mm-hmm. for a while. In 4A, Uvalde, just months after an unspeakable act of gun violence changed the town forever, the Coyotes played the most inspired game of the young season, knocking off Carrizo Springs 21-13. to In 3A, San Angelo TLC, quarterback Lane Honea threw for 291 yards and six touchdowns to pace the high-flying Eagles as TLC snapped a 24-game losing streak, the state's fourth-longest skid, with a 42-36 win over Ozona. In 2A, Monday, Chris Garcia ran for 127 yards and two touchdowns, and the defense held up its end of the bargain as the Moguls took down Mercy Culture Prep 18-14, ending a 16-game losing streak. In 1A... This one went under my radar. Ira. One of the biggest upsets of the weekend, the Bulldogs dominated state runner-up Motley County 54-6 at the Jayton Gridiron Classic. That is that When you sent that out, I sent you back a thing, and I was mm. like, holy cow, I missed that one. And in the private school ranks, Dallas Parish Episcopal. In this high-profile matchup of state-ranked squads, the Panthers' defense snuffed out Alito's attack in route to a 24-17 victory. So those are your week one... Ozarka fueled by nature teams of the week in 6A Cy Lakes in 5A Lake Belton in 4A Uvalde in 3A San Angelo TLC in 2A Monday in 1A uh, Ira and in private school ranks Dallas Parish Episcopal. Congratulations to all the schools. We salute you. For more information, visit TexasFootball.com. And now a word from our friends at VCR Now. Born and bred in Texas hits a little different, as it should. Texas love doing business with fellow Texans. VCR now takes its Texas roots as seriously as its many partnerships with schools and universities around the state. It's also why we're so proud to promote our brand in the pages of the Texas Bible, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, and on the airwaves of Texas Football Today. Driven by producing quality broadcast video, state-of-the-art audio, and LED video scoreboards at affordable prices, VCR now makes sure to listen to your needs in its athletic department before recommending the next best steps. Building great products is our business, and it's our focus on building meaningful long-term partnerships with our clients that sets us apart. From our 24-7, 365-day help desk, the training lab in our hometown of Red Oak, or our sports marketing business plan that puts money back in the hands of our athletic departments we support, VCR Now is built to last. Reach out to us today at info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855 855- Go VCR now. Again, that's info at vcrnow.com or by calling 855-GO-VCR-NOW. Pickle, let's go to the hotline and let's go to DeWitt County. Talk to uh, perhaps the most popular man in DeWitt County these days. <laughs> We're joined by the 1-0 head coach of the 1-0 Cuero Gobblers. We're joined by Coach Jared Ficach. Coach, how are you? 
I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you having me on. Well, appreciate your time. I know you're coming off the field here uh, with a little bit of Monday practice. I have to imagine there's a little pep in the step of the gobblers these days. Oh, yeah. You, you know, um, starting the season 1-0 is big. Uh, you know, there's high expectations. Our kids have high expectations, and they do a good job. We try to focus on practice every week. We've got to turn the page from last week and get, get ready for another big-time Navarro team. But but it sure is nice sitting here at 1-0 an the, the alternative. You guys were taking on an El Campo squad that was state-ranked in the division above you guys, and all you guys did was roll up 542 yards total offense with a, a new coach and a new quarterback and a new offense and all that fun stuff. Light work. Um, you know, week one week one for everybody is, is a different experience. I'm interested, what did you learn about your team on Friday night? You know, there, we came out with a tons of enthusiasm, obviously, you know, um, hyped up. And in the first half, we jumped out pretty quickly and, and we were able to sustain that um, that type of energy pretty much throughout the course of the game. But I think the biggest turning point, uh, what I learned about these guys is we came out at a half. We had we had we were up and we had the first possession. We throw a pick six after they had just scored before the half. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at it and, you know, it's kind of like, well, where's the momentum going? And then we roll up in the next play after kickoff and score a touchdown. And so it's just, you know, learning these guys and the way they look at adversity and kind of seeing things and then not, you know, not going down into the tank. They got tons of confidence in themselves. Um, you know, that, that's kind of Quero. That's kind of the way things are. And so it was just neat watching those guys look that in the eye and then just kind of keep pushing. Uh, this is a uh, – you guys are, are a team that, that came in, especially, you know, there are questions about, about quarterback. And yet you guys were able to have a, a fantastic uh, uh, performance from uh, from your, your quarterback in Mason Nataro, yeah. the, the, the junior. His first vet, his first varsity start, but you would have thought he was a, a three-year starter out there. What did you see from Mason on, on Friday night? Um, you know, he, he was calm. He, you know, I, I'm sure he had nerves. Most kids do, um, you know, playing in that position. I tell them you're playing the quarterback position in the state of Texas uh, in high school football, which is probably the best in the country. So, you know, you know, you got all the eyes on you, but he handled that tremendously. Um, he's a he's a calm, cool headed, you know, level headed kid. He's he's a he's a film rat. He gets in. He studies. Right. He's a hard worker. Um, and so he, he, he just was able to control the offense again, control his emotions. He had that one pick six and then came right back and led the offense tremendously. So super proud of him. You know, you, we, we, he started this stuff back in March and April when I got here um, and just learning the offense and picked it up really well. And so it was neat to see them get out there and, you know, take leadership and, and, and the guys have confidence in them. Talking with Jared Fikach, the head coach of the Quero Gobblers here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation at hashtag TF Today. And, and, and Coach, of course, there's also the other side of the ball. Uh, the defense stood on its head in this game. I mean, they yeah. they looked fantastic, holding a very high-powered, star-studded offense there from El Campo to just 165 yards. Does that Was that a surprise to you? Did you think your defense had that in them? No. Yes. A hundred percent. You know, I know it was, it was a surprise around, around the state that, you know, we played the way, way we did, but you know, I've got 33 guys in that locker room and, and, and coaches that, that have tons of confidence in each other. Um, they come to work every single day with tons of confidence in each other. So, you know, it, it's, it, we, we knew, you know, if we play the way we're capable of playing, we were going to be right there in the game. Obviously, we got eight returning starters coming back on the defensive side, and you've got you know you've got defensive linemen that that do a phenomenal job, and then you got two linebackers in Patek and, and Barks that man they roam around, and uh, they're not afraid to be physical, and so you know they had a tremendous game plan. Coach Blanc and that defensive side had a tremendous game plan, and the kids went out and executed it to a T. 
Um, so no surprise when it comes to what, you know, what they're capable of doing because the physicality has been here since August 1st when we started this thing, you know, and, and, and just them being where they're supposed to be and, and getting 11 hats to the ball. And these kids take pride in that. You know, we haven't we haven't had uh, uh, you on the, the show since your your move from Eastview there to to Quero, and and I'm uh, you know we've 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 heard a lot from you know from folks around uh, around the, the the Quero community about what a great fit yeah. you are for this program and why it's what. But I'm interested in in the reverse of that question. Why was Quero the right move for you? Well, you know, I, I grew up a uh, majority of my life in, in Shiner. I, I spent some time in Shiner, which is a few miles down the road. You know, I, I never really spent time in Quero, but drove through going, coming to Quero when I was going to Victoria as a kid. My dad actually coached in Gonzales. Coach, I stood on the sidelines in Quero, Texas, uh, back in like 87 or 88 when Robert Strait was playing. And, you know, to be said, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not, I guess I, you call me a small town kid. I like this atmosphere. You know, I like this one town, one horse town um, that takes pride in obviously their football. Um, and you got, you know, there's tons of tradition here. Um, you know, I, I want to put my, my stamp on it, but you're not going to, you know, the tradition is the tradition. You see the Quarrel Gobblers and everybody knows what they're about. And so, you know, it's been great for my family. I got two young kids and I wanted them to grow up in a little bit smaller, smaller community. Um, cause that's kind of what I got an opportunity to do. So it's just been a, it's been a hundred percent fit for me. Um, and my family. Um, so my wife's got relatives that, that her, her mom actually graduated from high school here. So there was a tons of ties. And when the job came open, I sat down and it was like, yeah, you know, this is a no brainer. I gotta go give it a shot. Um, so you're you're obviously familiar with this program. You're familiar with the community. It is I've I've said lovingly about them over the years that it is it is a town full of crazy people <laughs> for their for, for their gobblers. Um, I'm I'm interested now. You've been on the job. You got hired back in March. You've been on the job for you know let's call it six months now. Um, uh, what do you know about this job now that maybe you didn't know when you when you took over? Man, uh, you know, it's still coaching. You know what I mean? It's still just getting in here and, and uh, loving on the kids and building relationships with these kids. Um, and and it, it's been – I'm not going to say easier because none of it's easier, but it's been nice stepping into a place where, where you know, there's this tradition and that stuff's there. And, you know, we started from the ground. This is the first school I've kind of been to where I – as a head coach where, you know, they're coming out of state semifinals. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's the expectations there. Um, and so that's really nice. But but just seeing the sea of green of people in the bleachers, um, you know, the, the expectations, I, you know, I, I got a job to do and, and, and we're going to continue to do that job. And, and that's the expectations. And, and I, you know, uh, I take that weight and, and, and go with it. And so, you know, uh, Quero's a phenomenal place. Uh, it gets me closer to the water, too, to be honest with you. So we need to go to the beach. I can head to the beach a little bit, yes. little bit uh, easier than where I was before. So that's always nice. All right, and, and finally, Coach, uh, it's on to the next one uh, as uh, 7.30 p.m. Uh, Friday night uh, there at beautiful Gobbler Stadium uh, in Cuero. You will welcome in the uh, Navarro Panthers, um, who who took it on the chin last week in, in a week one loss. Uh, I don't want to ask you to give away your game plan, but when you take a look at what you guys are going to be up against on Friday night uh, in the Navarro Panthers, what do you see? Uh, you know, I mean, obviously they got the slot T offense and they run it to a T, you know, and so... Um, you know, to stop that that type of offense, you got to be where you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be there, and so, you know, for us, it's just focusing us on the little things um, that we didn't do necessarily great last Friday, and getting better at that stuff. Um, but we're they're, they're going to come in here hungry. Um, there's no doubt about it. Uh, you know, 
Um, Coach Blount does a great job over there. Those coaches do a great job. They've got a ton of tradition, too, and, you know, they expect to win. And so we're going to have to put our A game together. There's no doubt about that. But hopefully for us, it's, you know, it's continued growth on both the offense and defensive side of the ball um, in everything that we do. And so, you know, I think our kids are, are locked in, ready to go. And so and we're going we're gonna to get in, get out here, and, like you said, at Gobbler Stadium and try to put on a good, good performance and see what happens. He's Jared Fikach, the head coach of the 1-0 Cuero Gobblers. Uh, see him Friday night there in uh, Cuero as they take on the Geronimo Navarro Panthers. Coach, appreciate your time. Congratulations again on the big win, and uh, go get him Friday night. Thanks, sir. There he goes. Jared Fikach, head coach. Cuero Gobblers join us here at Texas Football today. Um, big win. Big win. I mean, that's, that's a... Um, I mean, I'm not throwing dirt on El Campo. I think they've got to figure some things out, obviously. Mm-hmm. Coach Chad Worrell and company got to figure some things out, but I don't know if my you, goodness. I, I mean, 43-14 against a, a, a state-ranked team that's in a larger classification. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say this. Our With compu- the our, guy as well. That's, that's the biggest thing. Our computer rankings are going up uh, tomorrow on TexasFootball.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will tell you that uh, Cuero in 4A Division two right now. And again, the, com- the computer is recalibrating constantly, so yes. give it a minute. Um, but they do have a, uh, a a ranking next to them that starts with a one, mm-hmm. and there's not another digit in it. So <laughs> four division two. Anyway, computer awfully impressed. So are we about the, what the Quarrel Gobblers did on Friday night. We're at Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com, TexasFootball.com slash subscribe to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football subscriber. Two magazines and a year's worth of exclusive online content at TexasFootball.com. Go there, scan that QR code. It would be a lot of fun. Should we talk about our friends at Athletes to Athletes? What do you think? We shall. All right, let's talk about our friends at Athletes to Athletes. Every player, well, every player wants to play with the. Oh man, I need to find my read. I thought I had it memorized. I know like the whole like the gist of it, but I don't have. The I whole have thing it. Memorized. If you want me to nah, read it. it, it's good. It's just it's you sent it to me like two years ago, and now I gotta scroll <laughs> up and find it. Every high school athlete wants to play on the big stage, and every parent wants their child to be the best. But is making your target list of schools based on top twenty-five rankings really the best strategy? What about academics? What about location? What about coaching style? What about financial aid? There's so many different factors that need to be considered when selecting a college program outside of just how good the team is on the field. Our friends at Athletes to Athletes have put together a recruiting guide centered around providing a broader, more holistic perspective about what your college experience could be. This thing's got 22 pages. It's got checklists, do's and don'ts, key strategies, so much more. It covers everything you and your family should know as you walk through the college recruiting journey. For a limited time, Athletes to Athletes is offering this guide for free to our audience. That's right. Just go to athletesathletes.com slash Dave Campbell today to download the free college recruiting guide. <clears throat> That's athletes, toathletes.com slash Dave Campbell for our friends at Athletes to Athletes. Or scan that QR code, and that will take you there as well. All right. What's next? We've got so many things to do. On the Player on the, of the Week is that right? Are you sure? I sure. am in charge of the rundown here, so yes. Okay. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, in partnership with the Tax Act Texas Bowl, is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Every Monday at noon-ish, TexasFootball.com announces 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. We then leave it up to you to vote at TexasFootball.com on who you think should be the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week. Voting closes each Friday at noon with the winner being announced here on TexasFootball.com and Texas football today shortly thereafter. 
10 nominees for the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week, starting with Katie Cinco, ranch wide receiver Noah Abood. 10 catches, 209 yards, and three touchdowns receiving. Light work for Katie Cinco, ranch receiver Noah Abood. Tempson quarterback and defensive back Terry Bussey. Goes 12 of 14, 253 yards, four touchdowns passing, 13 carries, 130 yards, two touchdowns rushing, eight tackles, and a tackle for loss. Just for fun. Against the state-ranked backfield team. On the road. Taft quarterback, J.J. Acosta. This is Taft Greyhounds, I should say. Yes. 30 of 35, 515 yards, four touchdowns passing, and a touchdown on the ground. Comanche wide receiver and defensive back Miguel Martinez. Five catches, 127 yards, and a touchdown receiving. He had three tackles and two interceptions. Carrollton Newman-Smith wide receiver and defensive back DeMonte Green. Ten catches, 153 yards, two touchdowns receiving, three interceptions, and he took one of them back for a touchdown for Carrollton Newman-Smith, DeMonte Green. Waco LaVega running back Bryson Rowland, 22 carries, 249 yards, four touchdowns on the ground, plus another 14 receiving yards. I don't want to tell you how to vote. I really don't. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you what San Saba athlete Tyler Johnson did. It's absurd. Nine carries, 77 yards, three touchdowns rushing. Three catches, 37 yards, two touchdowns receiving. Two kickoff return touchdowns. Four tackles, a tackle for loss, a forced fumble, and he kicked two PATs. I mean, that's, that is absurd. For San Saba athlete Tyler Johnson. <laughs> Don't want to tell you how to vote. But my gosh. Tannehill quarterback, Jatiron Moore, but you can call him Pooh Moore, which is good. 417 yards and six touchdowns on the ground. 417 on the ground, I should say. 44 yards and a touchdown passing. Mineral Royals running back Jose Garcia, 320 yards and four touchdowns rushing for Mineral Royals running back and Jose Garcia. And finally, San Antonio Johnson quarterback Ty Hawkins. Is this the guy that is put the, the oh, video yeah. on the Slack? Oh, yeah, it's the one I texted you about on Saturday saying, uh, by the, it was in a group chat with some Valley friends. We were like, uh, by the way, Ty Hawkins is a name that you want to watch out for. Ty Hawkins, San Antonio Johnson, 317 yards, five touchdowns passing, 151 yards, and a touchdown rushing for San Antonio Johnson quarterback Ty Hawkins. There they are, the 10 nominees. Sophomore? Sophomore. God almighty. There they are, the 10 nominees for the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week award this week. Vote early, vote often, vote now at texasfootball.com. There's just one more thing to do today, Pickle, on our Mega Monday show, and that is to unveil the Week 2 Secondly, week two awards. Yeah, uh, ranking season. Uh, the official Dave Campbell's Texas Football Associated Press, Texas oh. High School Football Rankings. Of course, Dave Campbell's Texas Football has been the official rankings provider of the Associated Press since 2019. We're very proud of that. So these are the official Texas High School Football Rankings of record. And guess what? This year, I'm making fancy graphics. Yeah. That's right. So these are the week two Texas High School Football Rankings. We will start... With 6A, with the top 25 in 6A, the top 10 is almost entirely unchanged. Uh, Westlake uh, and North Shore and South Lake Carroll round out the top three. Duncanville hangs on to that fourth spot. Uh, we did lose a, a number seven team in Lake Travis who lost to Arlington Martin. But uh, uh, but numbered up, new into the top 10 is Humble Atascacita. Let's matriculate over to, the, uh, to 11 through 25. 
where there's a lot of change here. Highland Park makes a big leap from 20 to 14 there with their win over Flower Mount Marcus. Lake Travis drops from number 7 to number 13. A bit of a shuffle here. Brennan with their loss to Cibolo Steel drops to number 16. Alvin Shadow Creek makes a nice leap. We lose five, is it one, two, three, four, six different state-ranked teams, including... Unranked for the first time in a long time, the Allen Eagles drop out of the top 25 with their loss to St. John Bosco. Four-pin Rich Point, the Woodlands, Dickinson, Yules Trinity, and Rockwell Heath all out, but new to the rankings. Number 18, Prosper with their win over Trinity. Number 19, Dripping Springs with their thrilling win over Austin Vandergrift. Uh, also new to the rankings, number 22, Bridgeland into the rankings at number 22 with their win over Cyfair. Round Rock into the rankings at number 23 with their win over Fliegerville Weiss. And the Temple Wildcats into the top 25 with their win over McKinney. Let's move on to 5A. 5A Division 1. Chaos. Absolute chaos here. Longview hangs on to the number one spot, but then there's huge movement in the in the top five. Frisco Lone Star up to number two from number five. AM Consolidated up to number three from number seven. Mansfield Timberview with a thrilling win over South Grand Prairie up to number four from number nine. Amarillo Tascosa simply by just winning. Like, that's the thing. Just win. They might move up to number five. Portworth Memorial new to the rankings in number six. Uh, Smithson Valley new to the rankings at number seven. And then you have teams that were in the top five that we decided to give an opportunity to stay in the top ten. Denton Ryan drops from number two to number eight with their loss to New Braunfels. Alito drops from number three to number nine with their loss to Parish Episcopal. And College Station drops from number four to number ten with their loss to Lucas Lovejoy. But we did lose two teams out of the rankings. Number six, Crosby has dropped out. And number eight, Manville has dropped out as well. To 5A Division 2 we go. A little bit more calm. Uh, top four remain unchanged. We keep South Oak Cliff despite the loss of Duncanville at, at number one. I, 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 we maintain we had a lengthy debate about this, but we think that by punching up and playing that close game, they stay number one. Lucas Lovejoy is hot on their heels, though, with their win over College Station. Liberty Hill uh, at Fort Penn Marshall uh, there at number four. Argyle up a spot to number five. Wichita Falls Rider up a spot to number six. College Colleyville Heritage up two spots to number seven by thumping uh, Irving Nimitz. Two new teams into the rankings. Grapevine makes their debut at number eight with a win over Frisco Wakeland. San Antonio Veterans Memorial makes their debut in the rankings at number nine with their win over San Antonio Harlandale. Texas High hangs on to their number ten spot with a one loss, uh, one score loss to now number two in 5A Division One Frisco Lone Star. Dropping out of the rankings, number five Mansfield Summit and number eight Leander Rouse. To 4A we go. 4A Division One. A little bit of movement here. Three new teams into the rankings. Stephenville and China Spring remained there at number one and number two, respectively. Salina up from number five to number three. La Vega moves up three spots to, to number four. And Cal Allen moves up a spot to, oh, by with their win over Gregory Portland. Chapel Hill, their loss to Gilmer drops them from number three to number eight, but they do hang on to the rankings. Kilgore also drops from number eight to number ten. Three new teams into the rankings, as I mentioned. Bernie, number six, there with their win over Corpus Christi Flower Bluff. Very impressive from the Greg. Greyhounds. Little Cypress Maurice fell into the rankings with a win over Harden Jefferson there at number seven. And Anna makes her rankings debut at number nine with a win over Decatur. Out of the rankings, number four, El Campo, number nine, Dumas, and number 10, Kennedale drop out of the top 10. To 4A Division Two we go, where this was a lot. Everyone behaved here. Yes. Everyone behaved one through they nine unchanged. Well. <laughs> Carthage, Gilmer, Wichita Falls, Hershey round out the top three. New to the rank, number 10, Geronimo Navarro does drop out with their loss last week, but into the rankings at number 10, Belleville. Their win over LaGrange, 24-14, gets to the number 10 spot in 4A Division That's two. a good LaGrange team, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 3A, 3A Division One. we have a new number one. 
The Franklin Lions, the new number one team in 3A Division One, with their narrow win over Woodville. I've got my eye on that one, but uh, but for now they get the nod at number one. Brock, with their loss to Pleasant Grove, drops to number two, but we keep them in the top in the top two. Mount Vernon uh, moves up a spot with their win over Quinlan Ford. Malakoff's a big mover. They jump up three spots from number seven to number four with a win over West Rusk. Very impressive. Lorena, we punish them by dropping them from number three to number five by losing to China Spring uh, like that. Columbus up two spots to number uh, uh, to number six. Grandview uh, down a spot with their loss to Glen Rose. That's a 4-8 Glen Rose team. Edna up a spot with their win over East Bernard. West up a spot to number uh, nine with their win over Godley. Out of the rankings is number five, Jim Ned, with their big loss to Hawley. But uh, new to the rankings, number 10, Shallow Water. They beat Monahans. Grandview and Malakoff this week. Mm-hmm. That's, that one's tasty, mm-hmm. as always. But 3A Division Two, the number one team in the state remains unchanged because Gunner didn't play. Uh, they remain number one. In fact, the top four are unchanged. Gunner, Canadian, Newton, and Dangerfield is uh, all unchanged. It's not until you get to number five you have some changes. Holiday up a spot to number five. Poth up a spot to number six. Childress up a spot to number seven. West Rusk drops from number five to number eight with their loss to Malakoff. DeKalb uh, moves up a spot despite not playing. Uh, East Bernard, number nine, drops out of the ranking. New to the rankings at number 10, the Idaloo Wildcats. They beat Sweetwater 38-20. To 2A, the 2A Division One was just... Just crazy town, banana pants. Uh, sitting by Ish when he was helping put together these rankings was It's It's just impossible. It's impossible here. Mm-hmm. We have a new number one team. It's the Timpson Bears. They did enough, certainly, beating Beckville, who dropped out of the rankings at number Stomping eight. Beckville. Stomping Beckville. Big do enough to, to grab the number one spot, especially with the loss to Shiner. Shiner drops to number three with their loss. Still a believer but they because they were punching up, but still. Hawley, with their very impressive win over Jim Ned, they jump up to number two. Awfully impressive there. Centerville moves up two spots from number four, uh, from number six. Crawford up two spots from number seven to number five. Coleman up three spots with a seven to six win over over Mason. Real hard nosed stuff there. Cisco up three spots. We keep Refurio ranked. Refurio is the number eight team. They drop from number three to number eight. Also losing in week, or uh, also losing in week one, I believe, was uh, was Marlin. They lose to Crockett. Uh, 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 forty-eight to thirty-one. They drop from number four to number ten. New to the rankings. The Stratford Elks, the defending 2A Division II state champs, they're a winner in their 2A Division I debut with a win over Spearman. They grabbed the number nine spot. 2A Division II, uh, a little bit of change here. So Munster beats uh, Munster loses to Bells. Mm-hmm. Bells is a, a larger team. We drop them from number two to number three. We move Mart up to number number two in their stead. Uh, a lot of the rest is, is a lot of chalky. And Mart really had to squeeze by. Yeah, they did. They, uh, no, they beat them 54 nothing. Oh, what was I thinking? Maybe it was... I don't know. I was thinking Somebody so. squeaked by, Someone I promise you. By. I thought it was Mart. Uh, Burton, Wink, Windthorst, all the same at 5, 6, 7, respectively. Chilton up a spot to number 8. Tenaha up a spot to number 9. Uh, Fall City was number 8. They drop out of the rankings with their loss, but new to the rankings, number 10. Price Carlisle, the Indians, into the number 10 spot at 2A Division 2. To the six-man ranks we go, 1A Division 1, where we didn't want to go crazy, as we kind of mentioned in Monday morning fallout, we didn't want to go crazy about shaking things up, even though there were some teams that lost here. So, for example, one through six entirely unchanged. All winners all looked very, very good. Um, Borden County moves up a spot. They swap spots with Happy. Happy lost to Westbrook, 62-16, to but Westbrook's also the number one team in the state. So I think that that's fair. We dropped them one spot. We also flip Erie County and Turkey Valley. Turkey Valley lost to Garden City. That's the number five team in the state, and they lost by four points. That's about what you'd expect. We punished them by dropping them a spot, but Erie County nudges ahead of them to number nine. That's how we keep it. But the 10 teams are the same, just jumbled a little bit between seven and 10. 
To 1A Division 2, well, there's a lot more movement. Uh, Benjamin and Balmeray maintain their spots at number one and number two. Balmeray did lose to Rankin there, but they were a team that's a, that's a top six 1A Division one team, so we're not going to punish them too hard. Richland Springs, we vault them ahead of uh, of, of, of Jayton, who got, who got beat by May. Uh, that is a top three May team, but Richland Springs was also impressive, and uh, uh, you know, May, May was, you know, Jayton was, was not super competitive in that game. May really dominated them, so we dropped them one spot, but wanted to give them the respect of punching up a classification by not dropping them too far. Whit Harrell up two spots with a win over Spring Lake Earth. Lamisa Klondike up two spots or up three spots with a win over Kroll. Uh, Cherokee up three spots with a win over Smoking for Jesus. Uh, there are three new teams into the rankings. We lost three. Number five, Strawn lost to Knox City in a bit of a stunner. Motley County lost to Ira. That was a bit of a stunner. Mm-hmm. And Throckmorton lost as well. We dropped them out of the top ten for now. In their stead, number eight, Oakwood. Uh, jumps in number nine Lorraine and number 10 Oglesby take their spots in the 1A division two rankings to the private school ranks we go you got the private school ranks mm, no I didn't send that to you no I'm almost certain I did but anyway private school ranks Do- top five are unchanged in private school ranks Parish Episcopal Midland Christian Fort Penn Christian Dallas Christian and Houston Second Baptist were all winners so they remain in the top five a l- one change in the six man uh, classification uh, for uh, fourth covenant classical Conroe or, or rather a couple of changes I should say fourth covenant classical was a winner they maintained the number one spot there it is Got it. Fourth Covenant Classical maintains their number one spot. Waco Live Oak, uh, or rather, Covenant Conroe Covenant beats Waco Live Oak, sixty to forty-two. So we just flipped them spots. Number two, Conroe Oak, Conroe Covenant takes number two. Waco Live, Live Oak takes number three. Uh, Houston Emory Weiner up a spot with their win over Dallas Lake Hill. She, uh, San Marcos Baptist number four lost. They drop out of the rankings in their place. Number five, Austin Veritas. They beat Williamson County Homeschool to crack the top five in the private school ranks in six minutes. So there you have it. The Dave Campbell's Texas Football Associated Press rankings for week number two. A little bit of chaos in a few different places. Uh, a lot of recalibrating mm-hmm. there with our 5A rankings. 5A Division One and 2A Division One were, yeah. were the chaos. Ensued. Those are 5A yeah, D1 and 2A Division One were the, were the real tough ones. Um, and and yeah, there were other places. But it made it fun. <laughs> and again, a lot of the, a lot of that just comes down to who you played and how you played them. Mm-hmm. Is basically kind of what we're we're judging. Uh, we want to give some grace, but for example, if you get your clock cleaned, it's kind of hard to give you a lot of grace. So, there you go. There is your Dave Campbell's Texas Football Associated Press rankings for week two. Let's go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. Lot, a lot, a lot of comments over the app. Let's say one. The app is not broken. There's a lot of comments coming in. Y'all need to fix the app. It needs to be fixed. There's not. It's not broken. It's working. Um, I think that there are improvements to be made, and we're going to continue to do that as they keep coming out. But I think the biggest thing to make clear here is the interface is different, and people might not understand how to use it. So keep using it. It gets. It's easy. It works. Um, I want to. I want to. Here's how I'll classify it. And first of all, you know. It's I'm just not, different. I'm not an app developer. Uh, there's a difference between broken and buggy. Yes. There are some bugs that we're working out. We understand there were some issues with scrolling in the app uh, in on, on Friday night. We think we've got those fixed. Uh, there are some bugs to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a lot of, and, and to be real honest, a lot of our concern on Friday night was making sure it, it just stayed up, that I could handle the load, that you could score games and that the games, that you could search games and you could find the scores. And it did. And it did. Um, I'm not here to tell you. I'm not here to gaslight you and tell you that your 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 experience was perfect. We're working on that. Um, the um the like the 
the scrolling issue is something that we're working on right now to make sure that that it can be handled. Um, so we're working on that right now. Um, that should be fixed for Friday night. There are also things that plain and simple we can not fit. We can't find the issues until we get to a Friday night mm-hmm. and. And we have to, like, when we get that kind of load in there, and we, you can't load test that kind of stuff. Right. So, uh, we, we're, we, I understand some people's frustration. Mm-hmm. Part of it, there are some bugs that we are working out. It is a new look, but I promise you it's the same functionality. Right. Um, I think the biggest piece of advice here is if, the, if you have a specific thing that you didn't like, let us know what that is. Just, typing and yelling whether it's responding to tweets whether it's being in the comments of going it's it's bro like fix it fix it that doesn't do anything for us we need to know what you didn't yeah, like the app about was, it the app was working yeah like it's like the app was up the app you were able to search for scores and, and score games and things like that like i said the scrolling was buggy mm-hmm. and there were things like, like but knowing like that, that then we've turned around and we've already started working to fix it before right. next friday but right. it's because you told us what the issue was you're not just right. screaming fix the app it's not broken right right there's a difference between broken and buggy uh, there are some bugs that we are working out. Uh, we're happy to get those fixed. Um, and yeah. So other than that, though, I hope you guys had a great weekend. Yeah. That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to Jared Fikach, the head coach of the Quero Gobblers, for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please you can get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.